Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we talk about Blizzard entertainment and its many games and other fine properties. With me this week are two amazing co-hosts. First up, he doesn't know when he's supposed to talk, so I'm going to tell him to talk now. Mitch! What's up, Mitch? He didn't know when to talk. Me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. (laughs) What have you been doing? Um, A lot of PvP and also uh, like collecting um, old transmog sets, basically. Uh, because there's there's some that you know I have in there that it's like oh you have six out of eight and it's like I definitely got this piece you know back in the day but it's gonna drive me crazy if I don't complete the set so usually yeah, that's bracers yeah or it's it's the sets or it's like the ones where it's like yeah this isn't actually a set piece like it's not labeled as tier but it matches so they added it for the you know you have to have this piece for the appearance tab to be complete yeah there's a pair of boots that goes with the um heroic version of tier 10 from from icc the, the violet hold one yeah you can only get them in violet hold heroic yeah i'm at the point now where i'm honestly thinking about just soloing it just going in and soloing violet hold heroic i think it's possible oh, you could yeah, oh so, wait it's the new one the new violet the hold. new one i still think it's possible oh no it's it's possible but go probably more annoying yeah. But yeah, uh, also with us this week, um, hopefully she's done laughing at myself and Mitch's foibles. Uh, and Stickney, and what have you been up to this week? I am done laughing at both of you for yeah. now. For now. For now. I don't trust you not to make me laugh at least once or twice more throughout this podcast. But uh, what have I been doing? Nothing super interesting. Um, the majority of what I'm doing right now is trying to get to Exalted with um, our Argusian Reach. Argusian Reach. Yeah, I was trying to remember the name of it because I have Army of the Light. That one's exalted. It's fine. It's the other one. And I just hit, I'm a little over halfway to exalted now, like from revered to exalted. So I have like about mm, 9,000 rep or so left to go. I'm hoping. What's the reward for that? Or are you just doing it as a You get to buy like a whole mess of mounts. There's like six different mounts that you can buy. And I'm buying every single last one of them because I have an obscene amount of gold right now. It is 
I have more gold than I probably will ever need in the rest of my WoW playing lifetime. Um, which I'm I... Jealous. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I'm glad I have that much. But um, I didn't buy the Army of the Light mount because, quite frankly, 500,000 gold yeah. is kind of steep for just one I don't mount. have that much. I, I love that mount, but I do not have that much. And even if I did, I'd have to have, like... Five times that much. Right, yeah, and really. I can I can buy like six mounts from Argusian Reach for less than what that one mount costs. I oh yeah, think. they're like because they're like 8, 20 k each. No, it's like eight thousand six hundred or something. Oh really? Yeah. So it's I mean. So that I'm like, oh yeah, no, I will go ahead and slap down and buy all of those because that'll put my count yeah. up, and also they're pretty cool. So why not? But. Um, in order for me to pay that much roll for mount, because I've done it exactly once in my WoW paying career. The transmog yak. Yeah. I bought it when it was a reforge mount. Yeah. And back then I thought reforge is really cool. Then they were like, we're taking me reforge. I was like, oh, but I spent all that gold. And they're like, we're going to put transmog on it. I literally made this noise that only dogs and bats <laughs> could hear. <laughs> and I was like, you know, everyone was like, are you all right, Rossi? Transmog mount. Transmog mount. I must have it. Don't you? Aren't you riding it right now? Yes. Yes. So, I yeah. uh, I I ended up finally purchasing the yak. When did I get the yak? Oh, I got it. I got it because um, when they introduced the WoW token, there was a point there where the WoW token, the gold cost for the WoW token was like through the roof. So I plopped down 20 bucks and I bought the yak because I was like, yeah, okay, no, I'm I'm going to have the money for the yak and then some to play with for 20 bucks. And 20 bucks is about what I'd spend on a store mount anyway on like one of the ones in the actual like blizzard yeah. shop so i don't feel bad about doing this at all so i got the transmog yak and rossi i don't know how i functioned without it i really no, don't it, it would be impossible especially once they they updated the wardrobe once legion came out that mount became necessary the, the reason i got that mount was because i was in the legion beta and i was like oh my god i need this because like the pre-made characters had the mounts so i was like this is this is now worth it like reforging to me as eh, kind of whatever it wasn't you know, worth the hundred and twenty thousand or whatever, but it was definitely worth it once I got to experience it on beta and was like, "Yep, I'm transmogging all the time." And this the, is great. The, yeah, the transmog thing is stupid handy, and now that I have it, I can't believe that I waited so long to actually get the thing because it's so handy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I had the regular, I had the regular mammoth so that I could go ahead and vendor and repair on the go, which which was great. But the transmog function built into a mount? Oh, no, that's so much better. I always look I, good. Anywhere I, I am in Azeroth, <laughs> I always look good. <laughs> I was running with a couple friends, and you know how the mount can be used on all your alts, which is why it's even better to get, because then you can yes. have it on your level 20? Yes. We were we were doing some leveling, and they were like, mount up on on a passenger mount. And the only passenger mount I had at the time was the yak. And like, okay, now kick the mounts off, right, vendors off. And I was like, no. I'll kick one vendor off. I'm not kicking my transmog vendor off. <laughs> that guy stays on this. No, mount. he has a place of honor and yeah. and respect, and he will one stay there. <laughs> one of you can walk or ride your own mount. I don't care. So yeah, that's no that mount. I I have gotten more out of that mount than I can possibly repay for it. It was it was so worth it. Every time I, I level a new character and I like I realize, oh, I don't have to look like a complete clown because I have the transmog mount. I know, the mount right? Is, you know, it's just as soon as you get level twenty, bink, yay, my yak is back. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, no, the the, the transmog, yeah, the grummel, he's he's he has a place of honor on that yak's back. He's never, <laughs> never leaving. <gonna> <laughs> we have him strapped in there. He's never leaving. 
<laughs> Not I'm even if he wants cold. to. <laughs> I'm hungry and cold. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter here. We've bought you some snacks. You can eat those. <laughs> Wrap him up in more blankets. He's cold. <laughs> Just swaddle him. <laughs> Make him comfy. <laughs> He's precious. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. We should probably talk about some stories because, you know, that's what we do here at the site um, and this their podcast. So uh, first up, I guess we should talk about Overwatch is bringing competitive play banning in as part of their effort to combat t- toxicity and people who rage quit and so forth. And um, basically, the way that competitive play banning works is it's it's using this the in the in game system, but it's taking it a little further. Uh, since you guys play a lot more than I do, do either one of you want to talk about it, or you want me to just bang it out? I haven't played it in a while, so it, go, what go happens? What happens with it is basically if you are hit with a ban, it goes kind of on your record, and if you get three of those bans, and they don't have to be in consecutive seasons or anything like that, it's just three bans over the course of your play career. They say, "Okay, we're done with you," and you're and done. This is. In line with what Kaplan, you know, he put out the developer update a week or so ago that basically said this exact thing. Like, if you're a bad player, not not bad player, if you're a bad person doing bad things in Overwatch, we don't want you in Overwatch. I kind of like that. Oh, I I love it. I'm sorry. You know, a lot of people are like, wow, that's a really harsh thing to say. No, it's not. It's, it's not hard to not be a jerk. It's like, it's their game. It's their game. They can They can, to a degree, say who gets to play it. That's part of that whole terms of service agreement that you get when you purchase the game and sign up for it. Plus, um, I mean, I gotta say, this is like not a really punitive system. You you basically get dem- like strikes on your account when you do something. Yeah. Those strikes can be those strikes can in fact be reset. You can end up just you know, you say you you disconnect from a couple games and you don't come back in time. It looks a little bit like you rage quit, but you don't do it a lot. It'll get reset and you don't have to worry about it. What ends up happening is if you do them a lot though. That's when you start getting a three-day suspension, a five-day suspension. Those you get enough of those, and that's when they give you a season ban. Yeah, and the thing is, is what I should point out here that that these little like the penalties that they put in for rage quitting, which you know sometimes that's just a legitimate disconnect or whatever, those kind of things. All of that builds up. They have like their whole what do they call it, the penalty volcano or whatever. It <laughs> takes a while for you to get to the point where they give you a seasonal ban if you got yourself a seasonal ban where you cannot play for the remainder of a season you've been doing some pretty terrible things and it's three of the you need three of those seasonal bans to get the permanent ban um and the seasonal bans they are cumulative so even if you get one and you know you don't get your second one for another six seasons or something like that doesn't matter you still have strike one and strike two if you get another seasonal ban even if it's six years later that means that you are on strike two and if you hit strike three you're done so it's it's also worth pointing out that in the update Kaplan specifically said like this takes away from development time if we have to continually you know deal with all of like yeah deal with rebanning these people who we've already dealt with in the past like this system is intended you know one it's to encourage good people. behavior it's it's all the but, same people dealing with yeah. this kind of stuff so the people that have to you know the more they have to spend time dedicated on this particular thing that's the less time that they have to develop fun stuff that people actually like want to play and do things yeah. with so i'm glad that they're putting this in the place the other thing oh, what was the other thing that he said there was another thing that he had mentioned that I really appreciated beyond that. 
and I forget what uh, it was, but that's okay. Um, basically, Jeff's a cool dude. The Overwatch people are cool people. And I'm glad that they've got something like this going into place. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. He said that uh, people are being notified when when their reports actually are having, they result in actions being taken. Um, it's just like a little form letter email, but it lets you know that, hey, we looked into what you reported and it was bad and we did something about it. So there's so, no confidential account information being shared or anything, but it is kind of a reminder that, yes, reporting people, it does have an effect. So all of this being said, uh, something just popped up on Twitter via Reddit. Uh, apparently there's a rare bug that can result in people losing hundreds of points in skill rating or, more severely, receiving an immediate season ban. Uh-oh. I'm sure they'll fix that. But for now, maybe, um, you know, avoid competitive. Yeah, I'm not really. I mean, <laughs> I don't do competitive anything anyway. Um, if I'm going to play games like that, I'm just goofing around for funsies because uh, I'm a terrible player. And I know I'm a terrible player. <laughs> and I don't feel like inflicting myself on other people. <laughs> It's the same reason why I don't really do Heroes of the Storm. I don't feel like inflicting myself on other people's ratings and possibly dragging them down. That's that's not that's not fun to me. <laughs> oh dang it, Anne's in this match again. Yeah, I'll just I'll All let right. them go. I'll let them go do their thing and do that thing that they're really good at and I will watch the Heroes tournaments online and I will watch Overwatch tournaments and stuff online if they happen to pop up because that's fascinating to watch and I kind of I I dig it for the same reason why I dig watching baseball or football or something it's just it's fun to watch um but as for myself as a competitive player no thank you <laughs> my only hero my all my heroes play is versus ai for that reason yeah which because, yeah. <clears throat> which isn't you know, terrible my skills are entirely here. in world of warcraft um understanding the motivations behind you know internet dragons and orcs and also coming up with some really amazing transmog i know where my strengths are so i'm just gonna stick to those <laughs> Speaking of amazing transmogs, uh, since no, uh, we no, were... No, no. no what? What? I, I, I had a segue. I had a good oh. segue. You weren't going to get to say it. There you go. I've stopped you. I've stopped your segue. Right, what fine, was your segue? Speaking of Heroes AI matches, the Heroes AI in today's patch received um, the updates for them that makes them smarter. Uh-oh. And apparently... We, yeah, we did an article about this like a week or so ago. They did yeah. a post on their update. Yeah, page. but it, it went live today. Um, and apparently Which ones they did they are... get? Uh, what do you mean? Which ones did they get? They said they were going to be doing them in waves, like some characters would be getting them immediately, and other. Characters oh, I I don't know off the okay. top of my head. Um, but I just know Alex and you know several other people have been saying like, oh wow, the AI is actually you know smart now, and it's not just a pushover like it used to be. So if you are used to playing AI games, that's you know probably why it feels a little different. For me, it's I only play versus AI not because I want it to be easy, but I play versus AI because I don't want to make anybody else suffer my my poor play. But so well, apparently, that's it's a little more challenging now. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll lose more. That's what that means. Uh, but I, I'm going to actually move on to the thing I want to talk about because they did a thing on Twitter yesterday. The World of Warcraft account did talking about Mists of Pandaria because its fifth anniversary was yesterday, um, the fifth year of Mists of Pandaria. Whatever, it, it was launched five years ago. Back in 2012, when all was young and fresh. Uh, not really. I was still old. Um, but, when but I anyway. still had a dedicated raid guild that hadn't gone bonkers. Yeah. I exactly. couldn't drink alcohol. You were both legally. in that guild, actually. Yeah, we uh, were. That was before everything just kind of went whoops and exploded. But um, Mr. Pandaria, Pan- yeah. 
I, 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 this is one of my favorite expansions. Uh, it still is one of my favorite expansions. Uh, I, I have a lot of good things to say about it, but I'm not going to say a lot of them because there's two other people here to talk. So I just wanted to at least say that, that I really am. I'm a big fan of this expansion. So I think it's one of the best ones I ever did. So. Mitch, when did you start playing? I started playing in 2005, like a couple months after launch. Okay. It was like March 2005, I think. How did you feel about Mr. Pandaria? Because I didn't um, really know you back then. You weren't writing for the sites that we were writing for or anything like that. Yeah, no, I loved it. Um, I, Wrath of the Lich King is still my favorite, more because of you know nostalgia, not that because I think it's objectively a better expansion. Um, but you know, I've I've talked over and over about how much I love 5.1, um, the the daily system or whatever. Yeah, it was daily ish. The reputation system in 5.1, uh, the raids were all really good. I mean, I the only complaint I really have about mists is the content drought at the end, and even that's like, I don't know if you can fault mists for that or if it's just you know normal end of expansion stuff. But I love mists. I Legion is giving it a run for its money, but mist still ranks at the top of the pack for me, and it's mostly because of how much story development we got packed into that one little expansion because it kind of reworked the entire face of the horde and it did it in a way that wasn't exactly expected um what happened to garage at the end of it it was something that we've never really seen before i mean we had a raid on a faction capital city that's kind of extraordinary and it, it was it was bizarre to do it especially as a horde player going into the capital city and seeing everything kind of like boxed off and all of a sudden everything is attacking you. It was a little weird, but like in a really good way. Um, I wish that warlords had followed through on a lot of the stuff that we saw in mists. And I kind of wish that Legion had fallen through or followed through with a lot of the stuff that we saw in mists. I'm still, I'm still upset about Rathian. I'm just going to put that out there. I'm still upset that we haven't oh, seen Rathion yet. Yeah, totally. <laughs> we need to see him again because he, he debuted at the end of Cataclysm in the Rogue Legendary Quest chain, but he really like exploded onto the scene for all players in Mists of Pandaria, and he was just a really fascinating character with this fascinating story that I feel like there's still like way more of that to be told that we haven't seen yet, and I'm dying to see it. I'm still dying I'm, to see it. I'm give, I, I Five give years I later, and I'm still to. dying to see it. I don't it. think we're going to see it. Um, but as all, along with the whole five-year thing, I, that means it's been as long since Mrs. Pandaria as it was between Vanilla and Cataclysm, correct? Because it was about five years or close to that amount of time? I think uh, so. Just, no, Cataclysm was actually a little longer. Okay, but it's we're, we're nearing the point where, like, you know, we've been in post-cataclysm definitely longer than we were in vanilla, but like yes. the fact oh, that yeah, definitely. Aria is supposed <clears throat> to being as long as we were in, you know, pre-cataclysm while I was just, huh. One of the things that I, I was really talking about Mr. Pandaria, uh, and just kind of touched upon it, but she didn't quite like talk about it too much. One of the things that I always find fascinating is how much of Legion depended on it. Yeah. Like there's stuff that we're finding out now, just finding out now in the past, you know, even in patch 7.3, we're still finding out some stuff that mirrors things we found out at that time. <clears throat> the fate of the Titans, that's something that Rathion flat out tells you. He, he doesn't know he's telling you. He doesn't know what he's saying. There's there's a lot of really interesting stuff that came out then. And we were like, what what does that mean? What's going on with that? That we're just now finding out. So, yeah, uh, in terms of lore, it was... I think it was because it was, in a way, it was all new. Oh my god. 
I just had a tinfoil hat moment, and yeah, <laughs> keep talking, Rossi. I just write it I down. That, write it down. Pandaria was all new. Like, it, it, even the stuff that was it turned out to be familiar was new to us. Like Cataclysm was the expansion that tried to decentralize and tried to not have a continent to explore, and tried to just have you go to these zones that are already in, they're on places you've already been to, like um, Bashir underwater, um, Twilight Highlands up in the Eastern Kingdoms, uh, Hyjal. You know, up in both Igel and Oldham are uh, in Kalimdor. And <clears throat> to a degree it worked, but a lot of players were dissatisfied with it. And I think a lot of that comes from there's something about when an expansion gives you a new place to explore that people really like. And they like just being able to go from place to place. And there's that feeling of, whoa, what's over there? I better not go there yet. I'm not high enough level. That kind of thing that Pandaria brought back. And at the same time, it really changed the way you went about it. Like, I. I remember going into the um, the the, the uh, oh I, I want to say Kunlai yeah when you go into Kunlai the first time after and you you've go done, through the tunnel yeah you go through the tunnel and you find that village and the people from Jade Forest are there they they're like injured in the hut and like you know it, it continued the Jade Forest story in a very organic way that I hadn't really seen before I never really yeah Cataclysm tried to do it with the leveling content but they didn't quite pull it off here it actually worked. Um, you actually got a continuation of the story from the previous zones. Uh, you you actually got a feeling of, oh, so that's what you've been up to since that debacle happened. Okay. And that continued on. Like, you you would, you would met Chen and Lili going into, uh, I want to say Valley of the Four Winds? Yep. Yeah. And then you see them again when you go to the Dread Wastes. And it's a continuation of the story you saw. progressive storytelling. Yeah. And I think a lot of that... That's something we haven't really gotten. Like they, they gave us that to a degree in Warlords. Warlords leveling was fascinatingly good. So I'm not gonna ever dog on Warlords as a leveling experience. It was just their endgame that, that lacked in a way that Legions really hasn't. Legion has actually given us Legion has given us something like what Miss had for its endgame and something like what Warlords had for its leveling. It's really iterated on it, but I think a lot of that starts in Miss of Pandaria. If you if you wanna know how we got to where we are Mist is very important for that. And can I just state for the record that I still want scenarios to come back? Yeah. Yes, I, I want actual oh scenarios, like scenarios as in the stuff that we saw in Mist of Pandaria, the queuable instances that took three people. Please bring that back again. Don't, don't, like, don't overthink it, Blizzard. Just take just what you had and bring it back. Bring it back. Throw some story in there because that was fascinating. Don't try to incorporate it into the whole questing experience. I mean, you can do that if you want to because I do appreciate that too. And it worked pretty well in Legion, but um, I liked having those to queue for. I really did. And I miss them a lot. I still miss them. I would still like to see them make a return as like alternative content to the endless levels of dungeons that we have and the Mythic Plus and everything like that. You know, sometimes you just want to go in with two other people and rip some stuff up. Um, Invasions. I think part of the reason why I like doing invasions so much, I don't need to do them anymore. I have all the rep and everything. I just like doing them anyway because it's kind of fun. And that little bit at the end, that little taste at the end where you're there with the two people and you're doing the whole scenario part. Yeah, I still miss that. (laughs) I'm sorry, I do. Anyway, sorry. Um, No. That's fine. I think th- I think I would basically say that scenarios were really a good addition to queuing for content because they made it, they made the wait for a, a dungeon to pop much more bearable. Yeah, and it's and something I, we haven't had since. 
can we jump back to heroes for a minute though? Um, sure. Cause we kind of jumped out of heroes and I kind of want to go back there very briefly because there's a new event in there right now called, what is it? Pachamari <laughs> pa- mania. <laughs> I don't think anyone actually knows how to pronounce it. I say Pachamari. Okay. Well, maybe it's Pachamari. Pat, pa- Pachamari, Paca- I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's in there right now. Okay. Mitch, can you explain this thing? Because all I've seen are screenshots of these little <laughs> boogers like on the map and they explode and people pick up stuff and it looks really amazing and kind of weird. But I okay. know that you've played it on the PTR. So. Yeah, so to preempt this um, and you know maybe bury the lead a little bit here, Ana is now in Heroes of the Storm. Like today was the big Ana Volskaya patch day uh, where they, you know, so introduced... So we've got the Volskaya map and we've got Ana. Yes, so okay. there's, you know, this sort of Overwatch theme going. So what they did for that is they added um, kind of like the treasure goblin hunt or the thing where you had to collect lunar coins and stuff and get the golden chicken to move. I don't entirely remember what it was. Something like that. Anyways, before the match, um, the little Pachamari, Pachamari things from Overwatch, the like onion stuff in vending machine or yeah, vending machines or claw games or whatever. Um, there's a ton of Overwatch loot boxes. And you and your teammates, or just you, if you know they're being lazy, run around and click on the loot boxes to open them. I mean, that's pretty much all it is. Uh, but when you click on them, tons of Pakamari just explode out of it, like tons. And that was probably you know my favorite part the first time I ever actually did this. Was it's like hitting the jackpot in Vegas at a slot machine. They just come pouring out. Yeah, ex- except every single one of them is a jackpot. Yeah. Um, the, the true jackpot is getting one that has the golden Pakamari, and that's you know that's how you quote unquote win is being the first team to find the golden one. But it's just I, I like it because it's ridiculous and cute and funny and I don't know. It, it's also um, not something that you need the whole team for because if you happen to get really lucky on your first box and you're the only one going for it, it could still be the golden Pakamari. So does this happen during the usual matches or it's, it's, it's uh, in the countdown. There's like 15, 20 seconds before a match starts and it's okay. all in your base like before the gates are down. Okay. So it all happens in that one little enclosed area. Yeah. yeah. It's always, it's that's so how it's the not interfering with gameplay or anything. It's no, just an no. extra bonus thing that they added in there. And I, I think it's probably still the same way in the past. It's been, um, you know, it doesn't happen necessarily every match. Uh, it has a chance to happen if someone has not had it happen for the day. I think that's how it's been in the past. So, like, if all five people who have queued have already had the Pakamari event, then or all ten, I guess, probably, um, then it won't spawn. But Okay. The other question that I have is, as far as the rewards go, this isn't skins or anything. It's just sprays and... it's Yeah, they do. Well, they they have emoji, which is, okay. you know cool too but um it's emojis the first one then a banner then a spray and then an icon okay so there's Um, no skins or heroes to be unlocked here no it's just cosmetic stuff like little cosmetic stuff correct but it's you know it's a fun thing to do before the game and seriously if you go around clicking the boxes it's so worth it because of the way they just explode out of them like dozens it per box and there's boxes everywhere okay that's Alrighty. all I wanted to ask about. Sorry, Rossi. <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, but since we're talking about things you don't have to do, uh, we should probably move into the last thing for today, which is Brewfest has been live since last week. Um, and it hasn't changed at all. <laughs> so, I mean, they added a new toy. Brewfest the They here. upgraded the eye levels on the stuff that you can get. Yeah, the, but that mostly... That Jolly Roger it, thing was for Pirate's Day. 
You know, oh, was... that's right. Then they has got yeah, nothing. It's... Sorry. <laughs> there is a new toy. I know there is. Isn't there? Uh, there was a new toy last year. Ah, uh, last year. Okay. I think there's a there's there's a selection of toys that you can get, and they are the only reason that I am doing Brewfest at this point is because I don't have those toys to add to my toy box, so I might as well go get them because it's Ram Racing. And by now, how many years has Brewfest been out? Oh, many. God, uh, it was it was back in it was or not, it not, was there was a Burning Crusade. Was no, it Burning Crusade? Crusade. Okay, yeah, it was. Okay, so the sheer number of years that Brewfest has been out. I have those race routes memorized. Like, I know where to go to get the baskets. They don't change from year to year. <laughs> I know how to. I know how to get the best route out of out of my Ram racing experience. So this isn't like it's just idle time wasting stuff. But yeah. I back want in, the toys. The day, so yeah, back in the day when when you could run it and like requeue over and over again by like having a new player summon them, and they, so you had people moving their characters in and out. Back when it wasn't, you get a crate at the end. And that might have the mount in it. Diabrew dropped the mount back then. Uh, I saw the mount drop, the the Kodo drop on my Death Knight after I'd run it on my Warrior a bunch of times. And I brought in, I started bringing my alts and my Death Knight saw it. And this was back before mounts were account wide. So if you had a mount, you had it on your character. So my Death Knight saw that mount drop and I passed because, well, I mean, I don't play my Death Knight. I, I never play him. So I let my wife have it. And then the next year, they made mounts across the entire account. <laughs> so for several years, I was very annoyed. Uh, finally, the end of during the content lull for uh, Mr. Pandaria, the Kodo dropped, and I got it. And that was the last time I did Brewfest until this year. I I did it because there was one toy I didn't have. It cost a hundred of the Brewfest tickets, and you get forty for doing the. I don't know. You get forty for something, and I think it's the pink Alex on parade, and then. You get a decent amount from your first uh, Diabrew kill, and then like it, it takes no time at all to get a hundred, basically. Um, yeah, it doesn't take long to accumulate. No, and it, you know, I guess it's nice that I don't have to worry about new stuff because you know it does get old. But I, I do wish with the holidays, instead of just adding new stuff, I might have said this last week, I don't know, but instead of add, just adding new stuff, I want them to add new ways to get that new stuff. Be, like if if there were, you know, if there was a new boss or all of the dailies or like. Even 50% of the dailies changed, I would, you know, be happy with that. I'd, be, and I'd try it again, but because it's basically the same thing with new rewards, but, you know, not new mechanics. Eh. Yeah, I, this year, I mean, I might do it a few times just to get the trinkets because I, my off-spec could use the trinket, the tanking trinkets. They're not terrible for my off-spec because I don't tank very much anymore. So I haven't been, like, I haven't been getting trinkets for my off-spec. So there, they might work, but... Other than that, yeah. 880 gear, how, how hard is 880 gear to get now? Uh, that's what you get from the like blue account bound stuff. And that's yeah. Diabrew drops yeah. 880 gear. So it's like, okay, I guess that's all right. <sighs> you know, it's yeah. not tremendously. And and you can't transmog the shanker, I'm told. You can't? What? I'm told this. I don't know if it's true because I don't use daggers very much. So I was hoping one of you guys would actually be able to confirm this for me. But I've been told you Can cannot you... transmog to the shanker. Like, you can't use the broken beer bottle look. No. I th- oh, that's stupid. Yeah. Because aren't there other broken beer bottle, like, yes. appearances in the game that you the can barman's use? The barman's shanker, the original barman's yeah. shanker. Oh, God, that thing was, that was the rogue solo to get that because it was super good. Look, that Back was like a rite of passage for every rogue. You had to go get yourself a shanker. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
but so yeah, yeah I, I don't, I I don't understand why you can't transmog the tankard and whatnot. I mean, I understand it's like a holiday item or whatever, but still, come on. Come on. Especially that, since there's appearances that aren't like the same thing in game. Come on. Come on. Just come do on. it. Come on. Also bring back <laughs> scenarios. Also bring back scenarios. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, we've, we've been talking up transmog and everything, and yeah. I just, I wish they did just lift the restrictions. Come on. Just do it. Just do it. It's okay. It's okay. Come on. Um, The other thing that I feel like we should mention, Rossi, before we jump into emails, because there was like one other thing that happened last week that was after the show. Um, Minor. There was a new audio drama that came out. What? Yes, there was. Yeah. I, I, we did We did talk about it this weekend, but... We sure, did, okay. but that was Lorewatch, and Lorewatch doesn't come out on the site until Monday. So um, I just wanted to briefly mention, hey, there's a new audio drama out there. It's called a Thousand Years War. If you had any questions about Turalyon and how he survived for those thousand years, or whether or not that was actually a thousand years, and how that worked, the audio drama will answer all of that and more. So Also, if you like Shadow Priests or Shadow in general, good that's job. That's part of the and more. One. Yeah, that's part of the end. <laughs> it's yeah, narrated it by Stephen Pacey, same guy who did Tuma Sargeras, and it actually includes there's voice acting in it now too, which is pretty cool. It's it's not the same voice actors as in game, but no. it is there are voice actors. But it's cool. Yeah, it's yeah. no, it's sorry, it is Rossi, awesome. didn't mean it, to There's three you. parts oh, and there's like forty minutes each. The the audio play um also has one other advantage that we haven't really talked about, which is that because it's, you know, covering a lot of stuff, it, it covers pretty much everything. For, it covers a thousand years for the characters. It covers like everything from like Warcraft two to now for us. For Ilaria and Turalyon, yeah. If if you wanted to like figure out, if you've always like been trying to figure out, oh, what happened then? What is this? A lot of that is in here. So, and and it's got Lethraxian in it. So real quick. The other thing to note there is if you do not have time or you don't have the inclination to listen to the beautiful vocal stylings of Stephen Pacey and the rest of the cast, there is a PDF available so you can download it and just read the story if you want to just read the story. That's all. And you were right about Blizzard waiting for us to do the podcast. Just FYI. Oh, okay. Why? <laughs> Did uh, about the Battle.net for Android. Yeah, there's a Battle.net app for Android that allows you to chat with people through Battle.net and that's probably why they added emoji in the new uh, Battle.net launcher update. What? Yep. yep. So new, huh? Yeah, Wait, it's for Android. It's it's for. I mean, I'm sure it's coming to iPhone. I was gonna say soon. I have a Blizzard app for my phone. No, this this is like specifically a BattleNet app that oh. you can chat with people through. So huh. like, just chat on the go. That's you pretty can crazy. Always, you know, never escape your friends. Okay, well, I'm gonna oh. have to check that out after the show because I do that have an Android phone. That just happened. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that just happened. <laughs> we we were so for people listening, we were you know it's been kind of quiet news all day. And Anne's like, oh no, they're just they're waiting for us to start the podcast before they drop anything because they know, you know. And by golly, they did, busy. didn't they? Yep, <laughs> exactly what they did. We should reschedule the show to just like a different time of day or something. <laughs> like that's going to help anything. It's not. They, it really yeah. isn't. They're just going to look yep. at that and go, okay, now we drop news here. At that point, it would just be scientific data. If we did the show at six a.m. Pacific, <laughs> they would drop news at six fifteen Pacific. Just. <laughs> They would get up to do it. They would be like, I'm so tired, but they I have to drop just queue it up news. the night before and go, yeah. <laughs> yep. Diablo expansion? What the? Yeah. 
But anyway, we should not talk about emails because that is something we do here on the show. If you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with podcast or blizzardwatch in the subject line so we know it's for this show. Um, as is usually the case, Anne's going to read them for us, so take it away, Anne. Okay, first email is from Tabby, who says... In the Demon Hunter starting area, we can choose to sacrifice ourselves so a comrade doesn't have to. When we die, Illidan notes to us that we have a immortal demon soul, like him, then tells us to get on our way back to our corpse. But if we had a demon soul, we're on a demon prison planet, killing demons left and right. They should be running around here too, but they're not, only fellow players are, and nobody's ever tried to grab us from the Twisting Nether when they can with other demon-souled people, when I bet they would absolutely love to do this so we probably don't have demon souls then what are we we constantly overcome quote unquote cosmically calculated odds after all might it be possible that our characters and their mechanics aren't quite what they first appear thank you tabby well there is a perfectly valid lore reason why the demons aren't immediately coming back and that answer is antorus yeah and Uh, i don't know how much we really want to get into that because spoilers but it, it, this that part's not a spoiler. Okay. Because they straight up the first quest you get when you're doing the the stuff that's been out since the beginning of the month. Let's just is... lay it out there. We can talk about like the quest stuff on Argus, yeah. but let's not talk about the raid stuff because that's not well, here th- yet. this. When you when you're doing when you first go to to, to Argus, uh, you hook up with the, the Army of the Light, and Teralyon takes you to go kill a demon. And when you do kill that demon on Argus, uh, the demon's soul. He, he says straight to you, she will be taken to Antorus where they will torture her for her failure. So demons do get to come back. You're not in the Legion, so you don't go to Antorus. You just kind of do it the old-fashioned demon way where they used to just pop back up after a while. They, the, other, the demons who are in the Legion specifically go to Antorus where they get tortured because they screwed up. So why that is, however, mm, can't talk about it. For that matter, we don't know, but can't talk about it either. Yeah. I mean, are we as player characters special? Yeah, I think so. Um, But I think that a lot of what's going on here as far as Illidan and the Immortal Demon Soul line, whatever, I honestly, I feel like that was just kind of a ha-ha, let's explain it while we can because this would be fun. Plus, Illidan gets to talk to you again. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily like a big lore reveal or anything like that. Um, I don't know. Mitch, what do you think? Uh, I don't really have a good answer to this i honestly i kind of think it's one of those things that maybe they threw in for fun to the players um like you know saying oh you know illidan has a demon soul so do you that's why you're alive because i I think they wanted to give a bonus for people who you know sacrifice themselves what have you given yeah like that was the whole bit of that the whole bit of that exchange is you can choose to kill that guy or you can choose to die yourself and if you chose to die yourself they wanted you know they're going to they're not going to just have you run back to your body. They wanted to make it part of the quest. I think that's basically it. I don't think it was meant to be any big deal. But it, it was it a is, fun little demon demon hunter flavor bit. But it is definitely consistent with the lore such as we have it. We don't know everything yet, but that part is consistent with the lore. Okay. Uh, moving on, next email is from Annalise from Moonguard who says, Just finished listening to your last show where you talked about the Vindicar maybe being a test for a future expansion feature. It made me remember how I thought Dark Rangers might be a playable class or spec for Hunters in the future because of some of the shadowy abilities Legion gave them. Are there any other things you see in Legion that might be a precursor for the next expansion? Thanks, love your show. What do you guys think? Uh, I'm going to let Mitch go for once because usually I talk first. I, sorry, I got distracted by another thing that Blizzard released. While we're doing the show, um, 
So, Grossi, go ahead. <laughs> no, you talk. Not uh, I, like I said before. I've, I've one of the things I've mentioned that I think might be a future expansion bit is the various demon worlds we're going to and the and the raider and the rifts that we're doing. The um, I can't remember what they call them. Invasion points. Yeah, the invasion points. Yeah. And we go to those, and we end up on various different planets. Like, there's the foresty, jungly one. There's the swamp one. There's one that's, like, all fire everywhere. I love the floating uh, island one with the time bubbles. Yeah, yeah that one's my favorite. So some of that stuff feels like it might be, like a, like, like, a hint towards what we might see in the future. I mean, some of it's obviously, like, the fire one is obviously just Firelands again. Like, it's, it's they just use Firelands again. I don't, they're not even trying. Um it's not supposed to be Firelands, but it is. But some of them actually feel like different places. Like I don't recall ever seeing a place like that floating island one with the time bubbles is fairly unique. Uh, the, the one that's kind of like a weird northwestern forest is not particularly like anything else we've seen in games. So there well, are some like future hills, expansion stuff, maybe. Maybe. Um, one of the other things I've been thinking about in terms of like we, we've seen there's some spoiler stuff we can't talk about, but I feel like a lot of stuff has been hinting over and over again, we've been getting a lot of hints towards future expansion stuff. I really feel like at some point the Scourge is going to make a move. Like, I feel like they've they've shown the Death Knight starting zone, the Death Knight uh, campaign quest stuff has basically said, um, it, it's practically like the, that episode of The Simpsons where the guy's like, I'm going to say your name and then step on your foot repeatedly so you know I'm talking to you. I feel like that's what the, the Lich King has been doing. It's like he's going, I'm going to give you a quest. I'm going to be really evil about it. And so when you do the quest, I want you to know you will be furthering my evil plans. Are you okay with this? Now go and possibly slaughter everybody there. I, I'm not going to tell you to do that. But if you do, as long as it's good for me, I don't care. Like, my seriously, hands are in the air. I'm not pointing anywhere, but I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. He very much, I felt like that's been there. Just in I case like you I'll... feel like it, not going to protest. The rogue class order hall stuff kind of made me feel like they were setting up, like, you know, tension later. Uh, in Stormwind that we might see in a future expansion. The um, the Warrior one didn't make me feel like I was going to see any of that again, no. Uh, but the Paladin one, absolutely, I do feel like we're going to... De- Coming out of the Paladin one, Paladins have changed. Like, I really do feel like that. Like, there's... there's Every Paladin order on Azeroth was working together. Uh, Night Elves got a Paladin. Like, there's an actual lore Night Elf Paladin now. I feel like Paladins come out of this very different. And we might see Night Elf Paladins in the future because of it. Might even see Undead Paladins. Um, I don't think we will. I would love that. But I wouldn't. I would think it would be really dumb and horrible. Just because Mitch likes it. Um, Yeah, it's true. My face is, but... I'm proud of it. But anyway, no, seriously, uh, I do feel like we might see Undead Paladins. Uh, we definitely might see Night Elf Paladins. And we got a lot of that, like every class. One of the things I am keep looking at is is Hunters. Like, I don't know how Beast Mastery Hunters are going to go go without Hottie. Like, that's it defines Beast Mastery now. Yeah, you know some, what I mean? of, some of the stuff is, it, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with artifacts, like abilities and all that stuff next expansion. Not even just um, artifact abilities, but like some of the yeah. legendaries, some of the legendaries confer abilities that almost feel required. Like, yeah. To the point where it's like, you know, playing without it, it just like feels like it's a different class now. So th- some of that stuff feels like it's hints for future abilities. Hottie definitely feels like something that might be a new talent. If we went up to 120, I honestly feel like there might be a level 110 talent tree 
or 115 that, even. That'd be cool. I mean, added like, you know, hottie for like hunters because just stuff like that really does feel like it's, it's become part of the class. And that, you know, not every artifact does that, but a lot of them do. So, um, yeah. So in terms of what I think, I, I'm still like, I'm really torn on this because I, they've set up so much story potential in Legion. Um, and I mean, there's any number of routes they could go. They're you know, kind of hitting us over the heads with the old gods. It, yeah, they are. But the thing that I always come back to is that they did the exact same thing in Mists with Wrath and the Legion, or Rathion and the Legion. And then we got Warlords. And it was kind of out of left field, not really expected. And then we got Legion. Um, so part of me is thinking, okay, we're getting all of these hints. We're definitely going to get Old Gods or like Lich King or something like that. Part of me is thinking maybe that'll be two expansions from now and Blizzard's just going to, you know, come out of left field with whatever they have next. And I, I don't, I don't know story-wise where we're going. I do think mechanically is the sort of stuff we'll see. So like, you know, in, in Makari and the Seed of the Triumvirate, there's a lot of really cool looking shadow abilities. And, you know, that came with the patch that updated spell casting. So I, I'm sort of mixed of like hoping slash thinking that some of those might be, you know, for new shadow spells that we get in the next expansion, we might get a preview of those, like, what kind of abilities we might get. Um, and then, yeah, like like Invasion Point style, um, you know, those sorts of things, possibly in different parts of the world. Um, or like, you know, we've talked about before, worldwide world quests, because they seem to have done a good job, like, of keeping people busy in Legion. Um, and if we had an gr- even greater variety of them, and you can, you know, have story related to them, that'd be even better. Uh, the the Chromie scenario is also another one where it's it locks you to a certain level, but it locks you to a higher level. And it's not, and this is something I was talking about in the queue today, where like you can't always scale things back like the Mage Tower because, you know, abilities are going to change in future expansions. And, you know, some ability that you, might be necessary for a Mage Tower encounter now, not going to have in the future. But with Chromie, it's, it's not necessarily... Uh, skill-based, like, ability-dependent scenario is one that is kind of evergreen because it's kind of, you know, clue-solving and figuring out the right order to do things in. So I think we might see more scenarios like that. I'd be really happy if we did, to be honest. Um, Ones that were, you know, like I said, evergreen. Um, I don't know. I I, I would love to see the Vindicar style, like, with with ships, uh, sailing ships. But outside of that, I'm not not sure. Okay, I'm going to point out one thing and only one thing because you guys have gone over all of the rest of this stuff. Um, there is a conversation, and, and this is this is going to be Know Your Lore next Monday, just so you know. I'm going to be talking about this on Know Your Lore next Monday because it's something I've been wanting to talk about for a little while now. There is a conversation that happens on the Vindicar that not a lot of people notice because it's kind of out of the way. But if you go to the mission table downstairs, behind the mission table, there is a Nightfallen and Lady Le- Leodrin. And I'm, I'm if there talk- right now in the stream. Right. And if you talk to one or the other of them, there is an option to stay a while and listen. And if you listen, they have a conversation. And that conversation is, um, is it Silgrin? Is that? It's it's Silgrin. Apparently you can't listen to it twice or it's just, okay. I don't know. Well, regardless, you might be in, uh, I think you need to be in the Crokun zone. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, Silgrin asks her about the history of the Blood Elves and asks her about the Horde and whether or not they've actually found a home in the Horde. And there's 
it's just enough of a throwaway that it reminds me of do you guys remember before cataclysm when you went to thunder bluff there was a conversation going on between um oh my gosh what's her name the tutorin that we're talking my- about how mm, everybody stop. ignores anshi yeah yeah and and is it Haru? I don't remember. He was the first priest guy. Yeah, he was much. the first priest. Okay, so the two of them had a conversation, and they were talking to each other about Anshi's light and everything. And then, boom, next expansion. What did we have? We had hey, torn priests and paladins, right? Cut out there for a second. Okay, so we had torn priests and paladins. Um, and the thing is, is like, it feels like this is almost that same kind of setup. Yeah, where it's where yeah. we might be looking at having the Night Fallen or the Shandralar or whatever, having, not the Shandralar, uh, the Shaldere, having them as a playable race next expansion, which is something I'm really gung-ho about, and I've mentioned this in the queue before, that if they wanted to set up a new race for us to play, this would be the perfect way to do it, because we met them this expansion. We got a little bit of their history, this expansion. We've gotten to know them really well, this expansion, and Suramar in and of itself would make a really great kind of opening scenario sort of thing for... Yes, that would be so cool if you got to see like an updated um, Suramar city. Not even an updated Suramar. What I'm talking about is, you know how we have the Suramar quest line that we go through as players? Yeah, yeah. So what if you start out as one of these Shaldere or whatever? What if you start out as one of them and your opening quests are the other side of what us as player characters have been doing all this time in Legion? Yeah, that that would be awesome. Yeah, wouldn't it? So part of me is kind of wondering because this conversation seems a little bit out of the blue. I mean, we know that uh, realistically speaking... This race of elves has not been out of that bubble for 10,000 years. So you'd think that they'd be interested in the rest of the world. And you'd think that they'd be interested in, you know, exploring it. And I feel like it's going to be kind of like a Pandaren situation where they can pick Alliance or Horde, whichever one they want to go with. It feels like this is the kind of setup that would be the most realistic for that. But the whole reason that, that they've got this conversation in here is because... They can justify that alliance thing already. I mean, these guys were night elves. Like, before the night elves became the night elves that we know today, these guys have been around since forever. So, yeah, there's a natural alliance connection there. But where's the horde connection? And it feels like this conversation is setting up that horde connection where there wasn't necessarily a really obvious one to begin with. Yeah. So that's my pointer. That and, of course, you know, they're hammering us over the heads with all the old god stuff. Come on. <laughs> I would, I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind if they did take a break and take us somewhere out of left field in between those two things, though, because it's it's another one of those situations like with Warlords, right? Okay, Miss of Pandaria, we got to fight the Horde. It was really weird. We fought the Horde. We fought a lot of orcs. The entirety of that last raid was us going into Orgrimmar, fighting a lot of orcs. And then what did we get immediately after that? We went to Draenor, where we fought a whole bunch of orcs all over again, right after they were just hammered in our faces, the expansion before. And a lot of people got kind of burnt out and tired on that. And I've said this before. I, I always kind of look back at that and wonder what would have happened if they had brought out Legion first and the end of Legion had been us trying to figure out, okay, so obviously Gul'dan came back. Where did he come from? And then Garrosh and his cronies bust through the dark portal and we realize, oh God, we've got to go deal with these guys. Okay, that would have had maybe more impact. So while 
they've been hammering us over the head with the old God stuff. And I've been looking forward to the old God stuff and hoping that we get that. Part of me says, maybe they should hold off on it for a little bit here. Maybe they should divert to somewhere else for an expansion and lull us back into that false sense of security so that at the end of that expansion, they could go ahead and slap us in the face with the old gods and we'll be like, whoa, and it'll be great. Yeah, it would also make for a pretty awesome BlizzCon announcement if it's just like, hey, none of you expected this. Because, like, you know, if we get old gods, plenty of people love old gods. And, I'd be perfectly you know, happy with old gods. People would, would be perfectly be. happy. But I'm just it would worried be like... that I'm just worried that the sheer amount of old god stuff that they've kind of thrown at us means that we would run into another warlord situation where we get yeah. into it and we go to play it and we go, "Ugh, it's all the same stuff all over again." Uh, I'm bored, you know. Yeah, so exactly. I don't know. I don't know. Um, think we're getting close to out of time. The thing I wanted to mention that you know again, popped up during the middle of the podcast, because why not? Um, account-wide access to world quests and treasures in Antoran Wastes and um, account-wide access to invasion points and greater invasion points are now allowed once you uh, pass certain chapters in the Argus campaign. So oh, so once you unlock that... everything, it's unlocked for all your characters? Yes, exactly. Okay, cool. Yeah, which is a nice kind of surprising, to be honest, uh, quality of life change that usually they don't put out this soon into a patch but i'm okay with it because i would love to do invasion points on alts without having to go through everything okay uh do we have time for one more email here you guys i would think so yeah okay let's go ahead and there's one here by alessander and i don't even know how to begin addressing this so maybe you do rossi i'm hoping you do <laughs> so this is from alice under who says hello watchers inside trial of the crusader there are shields on the walls with the symbols of each faction and the races in it but on the alliance shield where stormwind should be is the number 12 scratched on like you do keeping a tally four bars with one through them four more with one through and two more bars what does the 12 stand for nothing that is the original alliance pvp shield Really? And it always had that. Yep. It doesn't stand for anything other than 12 kills. It is literally just a tally. It's a detail they put on that shield because that's what it is. It's oh. the original Alliance PvP shield. That's cool. I had it what, back in the day. It had tw- it's always had that on it. That's when you say it. Like, so was it like a kill meaning. tally type thing? Yeah, it's literally like you're, if you're assuming your character went and scratched its shield 12 times, you know, what, got killed another horde, killed another horde, do killed you, another horde. That's all it is. Do you remember what rank was required for that? It was, you could get it with uh, the same time you got all the weapons, which required you to be, like, slightly better. They had, remember back then, the, the weapons were all purple? Yeah, but it was, like, High Warlord. War, it was, like, well, Knight Commander or something. I'm just, I think it, I'm just curious if that was, like, the 12th rank. I think, it was, or... I think it was Knight Commander or something. I don't think it was the 12th rank, but I don't remember how they it did it. It wasn't the Alliance equivalent of High Warlord. What was the Alliance no. equivalent of High Warlord? It wasn't oh. Knight Captain, was it? No, it was no. Commander, I think. But hold no, on. it was... It was, I, mm. See, I, yeah, I just remember the Horde ranks because I was playing Horde at the time. Um, I played Alliance a little bit, and I think I got, like, I think I think my... Grand Marshal. Grand Marshal, thank you. I knew it had oh, a I knew I, I actually I earned the High that. Warlords. I, I earned the High Warlords Greatsword back in the, the back when I was playing Horde, uh-huh. before wow. Burning Crusade came out. And when I transferred to Alliance on that character, it became the Grand Marshal's uh, Claymore. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's how I know. I did go look that up because I remember doing it. And I was like, I can't remember the name of the sword. But yeah, the rank was Grand Marshal. Okay. Uh, do so. we want to answer one more question here? Sure. Uh, if we can make it quick. Okay. Uh, this one doesn't have a name on it. Uh-oh. 
but it says, with all the assumptions leading to an Old Gods expansion announcement at BlizzCon, what books or quests do you recommend as a refresher course? Are there any books that talk about Kul Tiris? Um, as far as books that talk about Kul Tiris, I don't think that there are any that address Kul Tiris directly. I uh, know that they are mentioned in the books revolving, like, the Second War. So Day yeah. of the Dragon, it's mentioned in there. Um, it's mentioned in Beyond the Dark... No, not Beyond the Dark Portal. Uh, Tides of Darkness. Yeah, Tides of Darkness is the one where they actually... The Navy shows up. Yeah, the Navy it's... shows up there. And then the Day of the Dragon, obviously, um, I, I believe Dalen <laughs> makes an appearance in there. Um, they in the Jaina novel? The Jaina novel, yes. It does talk about it a little bit, but not as much as you'd think. Okay. The Arthas book also mentions it briefly, yeah. but again, but there, pretty much so. There's thing. there's no books that like have a heavy focus. It's more like just kind of side no, mentions. No, Colterus is one of those places that's always kind of been referenced in passing, so we know a lot about it. But it's more like we've heard about it being talked about, rather than <laughs> we've had a direct focus on this particular area of the world or anything like that. Like we don't know what Colterus looks like. Um, we, there weren't any scenes in any of the novels or comics or anything that took place on the streets of Kul Tiris or anything like that. Um, it was just, hey, this is the kingdom I am from. I'm not there right now. I'm here, but this is where I'm from. <laughs> As or, for old this gods, is where the, this is where all these boats came from. <laughs> yeah, if you want a book for the old gods, um, Stormrage talks about the nightmare and the old gods to a degree. Yeah. Um, the, the War of the Ancients trilogy kind of starts with the old gods up to something, but they don't really show up that much they're it kind of in it at the end touches on it a little bit yeah uh storm rage is a good one though and um maybe twilight of the aspects a little bit but only a little bit yeah i mean yeah because for the same reason deathwing is working for the old gods so well yeah. there's also there's a very deliberate in- interference that that takes place at the end like nazdormu figures out what's going on with the dragon flights and why they're being messed with and so there's like there's a little bit about the old gods in there. Again, we don't have a book that's like dedicated to, hey, here's the old gods. Here's where they live. Um, I wish. <laughs> Chronicle, though. If if you want like a really big, like in-depth background on the old gods, go check out Chronicle Volume 1. Because there's a whole section in there that's, you know, dedicated to, hey, here's all this stuff that happened in ancient history. It's not really written from a fiction perspective as far as you know the, the the viewpoint of somebody that was there and living through it it's more like a historical document that talks about it but it's it's like an encyclopedia it's like reading encyclopedia entries however it's pretty fascinating and i recommend a chronicle to anybody that likes lore so you got any other suggestions rossi no i think we pretty much covered it there's not a ton about either in terms of books and as for quests i mean we would literally be here all day. There's a lot of quests <laughs> that would touch upon this. Um, I am going to say the original quest for uh, Sunken Temple, if you can still do the parts of it, you can still do are worth doing just to get a sense of, oh, that's what's going on. That it touches. Um, there's stuff out in Darkshore. This probably what was the original? Doing. Yeah, Darkshore, especially after Cataclysm. Uh, and there's even that parts quest... of Ashenvale now. Yeah. What about Arathi Basin? Uh. uh... Not so much. So. A little bit, you, yeah. Princess Therizane, not Princess Therizane, yeah. uh, Theradros. Well, I can't remember, though. Do you oh. remember her? You, you know Misriel. what I really like? Misriel, that's right. Yeah, yeah. She's you know what I really there. like doing, though? Um, honestly, it can be fun sometimes. And, you know, Chronicle is the official source on this, but sometimes it's fun to just go to, like, WowWiki or WowPedia or whichever one is the preferred source. Just, you know, search Old Gods, start reading up, and see where, you know, where your clicks take you because you can kind of get lost in those sites. Um, and you know, it's all, it's going to be refreshers, obviously, 
And you can the reason I recommend, though, the reason why I recommend checking out the books over checking Wowpedia, Wowpedia is an absolutely invaluable resource, and I use it a lot, like religiously. But a lot of the stuff that I do, I also go back and double check in my collection of books because I have yeah. them all. Um, because what you have to remember with sites like Wowpedia is that this stuff is all written by people, and people sometimes make mistakes. Um, yeah, no, for sure. It's it's not, you know, the end-all-be-all all source. It's just sometimes that can be fun. It's fun to if, go digging around in yeah. there, though. And, and the thing is, is, like, all of these articles and things, they usually have reference points where they will point you to what books refer to what thing, and yeah. that'll give you more direction on where to go, too. Um, questing, though, in game. If you huh? want one thing in game, too, if you want Black Old Gods in game, go to, of all places, Black Fathom Deeps. Black Fathom Deeps, but I was also going to say Twilight Highlands. Yeah, Twilight Highlands, but you can go to Black Fathom Deeps at any, pretty much any level. Yeah. Like, you know, it's a lot easier to get into. And they, they actually Howling, do have a surprise. Howling Fjord has, you know. Howling Fjord was great. It yeah. had some creepy stuff in it. It was yeah, pretty good. You get, you get whispered. Uh, even even Ice Crown, to a degree, the whole Matthias Shaw chain, there's old god stuff involved with that, which um, the Matthias Shaw chain in Ice Crown is still probably one of my favorite quest chains to date because it's so creepy. Yeah, and again, it's this just, just this is the sort of thing. <laughs> this is the sort of thing where if you are on like the WoW Wiki or WoWpedia, um, they'll usually have like a quest that says. Yeah, they will. Know, so if if you find a, a particularly interesting piece there, if there's a quest associated with it, that's going to be something that you know Chronicle doesn't have in it. Yeah, WoWpedia is, tends you know, nice. to source everything that they have in there, so that you, you know if you go and you look at the sources, it'll tell you, oh hey, here's the relevant quests associated with this, or oh hey, here's the books that are associated with this, or oh hey, this is where it was mentioned on the official website, and you know they back up their information. It's just I, I they they aren't verified by Blizzard. Like the Blizzard historians have not come in, gone over everything with a fine tooth comb, and put a stamp oh, no, approval sure. on it. So that's why I kind of double check everything that I look at look into there it's still it's like i said it's an invaluable resource and i do recommend going and checking it out if nothing else it'll give you a good like map of places to go to find more stuff too yeah okay i think that wraps us up for emails guys and wraps us up for the show too yeah yeah yep okay well Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on a podcast or the queue and an ads free site experience. Thank you very much, Ann. If you have an email for the show, again, please remember to send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with podcast or blizzardwatch in the subject line so we know it's for this show. Thank you guys very much for listening. Uh, I'm Matt Rossi. Uh, I'm the host. This has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. Uh, we'll be here next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.